Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Craig Steger. I have Jonah here today, another early morning episode. Um, After fireworks last night. Yeah, we were up doing our patriotic <laughs> duty, taking the kids to the to the fireworks. Everyone survived. <laughs> Although I heard uh, one of the towns, they had an incident where the display tipped over and shot into the crowd, and there was some injuries, apparently. Oh. So, hey. Mm -hmm. Anyway, be safe out there. <laughs> we, we still have all of our fingers. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was uh, the kids always enjoy it, and um, we did our thing. But we're we're looking a little ragged today. Um, so uh, Jonah and I were talking off air uh, about so Christopher West. Uh, we've used his name a number of times. Uh, he has his podcast. He's probably the most well-recognized uh, sort of non-clerical um, person in the space of Catholic sexual ethics and morality and theology of the body and all that. Whether deserved or not, he's kind of a uh, authority, mm -hmm. so to speak, in this area. And, uh, and so I have... Um, been watching it, listening to this podcast for a while. Um, sometimes I agree with it. Sometimes I really just clench my fist and want to go find the guy and beat up his dog or something. Um, but he, he had an episode that kind of res fits in with some of the stuff that Joan and I have been talking about. And so we're going to, we're going to break that down a little bit. We're going to play it. I'll link to it below. This is, um, I guess he, I guess he does number them. This is two thirty-five. I'll link to it below. And so, uh, Jonah has not heard it. I've listened to it once, and so we're going to kind of go through it and start and stop. Um, so I'm going to play it, and then between the two of us, we'll give our give each other signals when we want to stop and start breaking it down a little bit. So this is a question of from a listener of the show. Um, that kind of broke my heart when I heard about it. And also I struggled with Christopher's response to it. So we're going to break it down. This is from a patron named Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Thank you both for the podcast. I've been a faithful listener from the beginning. In fact, you answered a question of mine in episode 10. I've gone back and been edified by it numerous times. Oh, that's great. My wife and I practice NFP and have been open to life. We have five beautiful daughters. Blessed am I among women. That being said, my wife and I struggle immensely in our sexual intimacy, particularly in her physical response. She feels that it is really unfair that the only time she has any sort of physical interest in sex is during times of fertility. Once we enter into an infertile time, she loses that interest entirely. This leaves both of us confused and at odds at times. I struggle with just wanting to make sure my desire for union doesn't come from a place of lust or self-gratification, but from a real desire to be united and together. 
she feels that the church's prohibition on contraceptive methods is anti-woman. Oh, dear God, have mercy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm so sorry. That hits me right in the gut so I know. Let me Let me finish. Okay, sorry. Say. Ouch. It's really hard for me to be on camera here and watch poor Joan over here struggling to listen to this. So. It's painful to listen to him. I mean, you feel bad. I mean, you feel bad for the woman in this question. And uh, that is difficult, you know, and I think. Rightly so. I mean, she's had five kids. I don't know how old they are. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. Like, because that is that that creates a difficult spot in the relationship as far as you would think that there are maybe intimate then a couple times a month at the most he's struggling with i'm just assuming based on typical pmas symptoms that he is you know really struggling out how long they have to abstain then but you would think twice a month and that's difficult yeah i mean you can see the pain and it's perfectly understandable and maybe you know i um <clears throat> course he really he, he really recoiled at the at the term anti-woman but um but she her pain I, I i fully understand why she struggles with this you know the part that makes me uncomfortable is just uh the question is very real but his reaction is very pious yeah. or like yeah I don't know if that's real. Maybe he talks like that all the time, but it just, it doesn't feel real and I shouldn't pick on him, but well, and maybe he's got to, you know, have this caricature, you know, for his audience or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It, there's something, there's just something there that just, it doesn't sound like a normal conversation. It doesn't. Um, it, nor do I think it's not. Like... <laughs> this is not the way we talk. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm hesitant to hear his answer, but I'll listen. <laughs> it goes on a little bit here, but I wanted to give you that um, that much of it. So let's continue. In the sense that she can't enjoy fertility time sex without the added reality that we could conceive again, which would be a blessing, but one we're not ready for at this point in our lives. I don't know how to respond to that or how to cultivate unity when we are both confused and hurt. Any help is truly appreciated. Oh, oh, bless you, Thomas. These, these are the real nitty gritty realities of married life and fidelity to the church's teaching. Uh, and there is a cross to carry here. Any, any, <laughs> any attempt to live a married life without a willingness to carry the cross is not going to be an authentic married life. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We commit, we commit to married love in front of an altar of sacrifice under a crucified bridegroom with a wailing bride at the foot of the cross. Uh, that's, you know, in the symbolism of what happened at Calvary, Mary at the foot of the cross, Jesus calls her woman. Push right? pause. Whenever Jesus. If, if that truly, you know, I, the symbolism within the church, that's great. I understand that. If marriage is going to be nothing but pure sacrifice, people should be made aware of that, you know, ahead of time. Like, I think at least in our pre-cano, we were 
oh, that marriage was wonderful, at least at one point, you know, like if it is just, if it is meant to be a pure sacrifice, and there is a lot of sacrifice in marriage, like a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it shouldn't be celebrated. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, I don't know if it should be celebrated or not. Like, holy crap. Good luck to you. You know, you, you found your cross in life. <laughs> now, now good luck to you. <laughs> it feels like Catholic Stockholm syndrome to me. Uh, I, again, I, I, the problem the problem I have with this isn't necessarily that he's wrong mm -hmm. with respect to this particular question. And I think the question was specifically with respect to the question of, of contraception. Um, but I know that his, his opinions extend to anything uh, sort of outside the lines of, of, of intercourse only open to life and all that but this this idea that because marriage can and does contain suffering there's this i think this temptation to accept and embrace any suffering <laughs> i mean you could just just because it's just because marriage can can involve the cross doesn't mean every cross needs to be there or, yeah. or can't be avoided or shouldn't be avoided. I think that's a I don't like that at all. Yeah, I oh man, like celebrating suffering like that, and there is a lot of suffering in marriage. There's enough suffering in marriage to go around, but to really to desire the suffering like yeah. <laughs> i mean in this I, this and of course this this idea that there wouldn't be suffering if they were just doing like every like a lot of other people do and using contraception and all that like that doesn't it's, eliminate that's not a 50 percent of people still get divorced or whatever you know i mean exactly. there's enough suffering to go around you know like without having to celebrate it and then like you know can you imagine you know like if this guy goes back and maybe his wife doesn't listen to christopher west or whatever and uh, he's like oh. oh this is great it's just suffering yeah <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> i mean oh that would have hurt so bad this piling on more suffering on top of the suffering as i was listening to this and we'll continue with the podcast i was imagining myself in their shoes and i would have been like i don't know maybe they're maybe this resonates with some people but i would have just been growing angry and angry especially if i were her mm -hmm. yeah for sure in this and I just... like it just brings up the question like is marriage supposed to be good mm -hmm. you know like i mean or it is is it just supposed to be pure suffering mm -hmm. for your own benefit eventually those are the questions that i really ponder sometimes because like and maybe someday we'll talk about this more but like my marriage is pretty amazing right now. And it's not that there's no conflict either. I mean, they're still suffering. Yeah. It's, you know, like, I mean. In case anyone is worried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the the suffering is uh, much more bearable than times of extreme abstinence. Like, I don't know. Like, uh. Humans are extremely resilient. I mean, we've seen people s suffer and, and uh, survive 
pretty arduous circumstances and have some amazing stories to tell because of that. That doesn't mean that's something to strive for or to encourage or to allow unless we're absolutely certain it's warranted. Yep. Right. Yep. For sure. So like, that is true. If we know for sure it's warranted, then that, that that's kind of where we're coming from. I am just dying to know what Christopher West's sex life is like, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, like, but really, yeah. you know, like. There's the headline. I want to know. Jonah wants to know about Christopher West's sex life. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, yeah, I'd like to talk to his wife, like in a real manner, like as far as like you know, because she must know a lot. His yeah. wife, his wife talks. She's uh, she says she starts commenting here a little bit, and uh, again, I'm not, I'm not here to pick on them, but I just there seems to be something of a disconnect between kind of this, like you said, this a uh, pious, overly pious approach to it and just the real life circumstances mm -hmm. of people and and kind of lost in the and not really mentioned here is how many couples that go through this and maybe don't survive it like their marriage just yeah either it's completely miserable and they endure it like they endure a miserable marriage or they lose the marriage entirely because it is that good <laughs> you know like i mean because then when you get divorced i've heard uh, that's worse than staying married in a lot of yeah. cases you know because there's so much more suffering so maybe Maybe that is the path then, you know, like, like you if, said, you, if you really enjoy suffering, this is, yeah. <laughs> if so, you're going to celebrate suffering and, and to it that degree, I mean, and there's like, there's something, you know, redemptive and suffering as far as growth. And there's also uh, probably merit in suffering, you know, as far as atoning for our own sins, but then to just celebrate pure suffering, just to suffer even more in marriage. I don't know. Yeah. I what is that? I don't know. Like what the catechism says about marriage. Like if it's just supposed to be pure suffering or <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it does sort of it does feel like the distinction between people that you know go through I would say moderate fasting and penance and those that are just extreme <laughs> ascetics who wear hair shirts and flagellate themselves See, like, and those guys aren't married i don't think and typically and so the they don't have as much suffering as married guys so they got to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you got to whip yourself in that void. Yeah. <laughs> you know but the to anybody that's not married there's some truth in that <laughs> so keep whipping yourself yeah and the church doesn't really encourage that stuff either. no they don't you know but they encourage marriage which uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. I'm going to continue. Okay. Whenever Jesus calls Mary woman, we're at a wedding. Symbolism here is new Adam, new Eve, obviously in the, in the realm of blood and flesh. Mary is always Jesus's mother, but in this mystical sense, she symbolizes the church, the bride. So there we are where we commit to married love uh, in front of an altar of sacrifice beneath a crucifix where there's a crucified bridegroom and a wailing bride at the foot of the cross this is our faith uh, now we're not masochists we're not looking for suffering but fidelity to love inevitably involves suffering thomas i just want to first show reverence to the real agony here 
This is mm. the agony of love. This is the agony of fidelity to the church. And it's all the more agonizing if one or the other or both of the spouses think the church is slapping down some odd prohibition to keep people from having fun or make life difficult. <laughs> or, and everybody heard it in my voice. I'm kind of anti-woman. Oh my. Sorry. He's, he's reading your mind here. Yeah. And the thing is, like, so I get, like, I totally agree with the rules with birth control. So I, I, I get that. I understand that, like, you know, there is, especially with chemical birth control, that does seem, you know, like that is a great teaching as far as, you know, you're making a, a healthy human organ function in an unhealthy way. So I get that. But uh, so the issue with me isn't with birth uh, control assistance. Right. But his rule would apply to, yep. to uh, anything, so that's why we're commenting on yeah. it so that that just hit me so painfully because everything the church teaches here is to uphold in a very particular way the dignity of woman what is woman's dignity woman's dignity is that she is this is not her only dignity but this is integral to woman's dignity right what's the difference between a man and a woman a man is the kind of being that procreates outside of himself. And a woman is a kind of being that procreates within herself. This is a particular dignity of woman. She is the bearer of new life and the ultimate dignity of woman. We dove into this so deeply last week at the Mary course. The ultimate dignity of woman is revealed in the fact. This is basic, fundamental, biblical truth. God comes to us through woman. Woman's particular gift to the world is that her body brings God in the flesh. Woman's body has become, if Jesus is who he said he was, second person of the Trinity, a divine person, if he's God, then woman's body has become heaven on earth, the dwelling place of the most high God, how do we reverence that temple? How do we reverence that mystery? Everything the church teaches about marital love, fertility, the, the damage to our dignity that contraception is, all of that is in a very particular way meant and intended to uphold the dignity of woman. So to interpret the church's teaching here as anti-woman is to fail to understand what a woman truly is it was like a matt walsh episode there yeah <laughs> right and you know a lot of that i don't disagree with at all like i mean he's really i mean it sounds like he's getting in the weeds there as far as uh just you know the dignity of a woman and that's all beautiful to think about but uh, yeah i mean i don't know yeah i i don't know i i I sometimes think maybe it's a little carried away what he's saying here. <clears throat> um, like you said, neither of us really takes any issue with the church's birth control teaching. And uh, I don't know that you got to go so far as to say that birth control is violating the very dignity of a woman. Dignity of a woman. I mean, maybe I, I I think I think that may be just taking it a bit far. Um but okay. 
But, you know, just this, uh, you know, well, let's, let's, let's keep. I will say one more point. I brought, I brought up the article seven of the catechism, which talks about the sacrament of matrimony. And it doesn't say that it's excessive suffering, you know, like, I mean, suffering actually isn't in the sacrament of matrimony section at all that I can find. I'm not saying that there isn't suffering in marriage because clearly there is, but seems like, <laughs> we a common, can <laughs> seems like a common theme here that some of the important but, uh, rules are not spelled out in the catechism. Not clear. There's no, definitely not. doesn't start out, especially at the beginning, talking about just that it's going to be complete suffering and death to self, which it is in a lot of ways. But, you know. Uh, and while we're here, I want to you and I both kind of had a reaction to his comment about he was very afraid of of um, um, lusting after his wife or having mm -hmm. like hey that that scrupulosity I mean maybe I'm wrong maybe that's right but that feels like scrupulosity to me to be so paranoid. <clears throat> about your relationship with your wife that the desires you have for her you repress those yeah i mean uh boy i i think and you and i are probably going to start talking about that a little bit but i uh i have really really struggled throughout my marriage with constant repression mm -hmm. of feelings positive feelings for my wife yep because of the abstinence that goes with it and the and the realization that if i foster positive feelings about my wife that makes the abstinence worse and you know and if you've struggled with sins of different types just i mean yeah i i just think that the repression that goes with this type of really scrupulous approach to it i think is it's has harm that a lot of people are probably not even aware of absolutely i agree like you know during the periods of extended abstinence for us like i certainly repressed a lot of feelings and didn't share moments that i would have you know if i could truly desire my wife yeah i i, I struggle to find the fruit in that mm -hmm. and or the um harm because <laughs> um, really you're just you're inhibiting your own marriage at that point yeah yeah Unless we are just, unless it is pure suffering. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, really, and I mean that honestly, you know, like. Yeah, we, we want a warning label on this uh, dangerous piece of equipment that people are starting to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Use. So anyway, let's continue. Is this mystery designed to bring life to the world? I don't think any woman would feel loved and honored if a man were to say to her, I'll only have sex with you if you get a nose job. I'll only have sex with you if you get breast implants because I don't like the way God actually made you. Uh, I don't like the way you've come from the hand of God. So you have to change something fundamental about yourself in order for me to love you. <laughs> Reaction. <laughs> I call bullshit. That is a ridiculous. Uh, and maybe, you know, people say things in the moment, but he clearly had time to think about that. You know, he's used that type of analogy before. I really don't like that. It's ridiculous. It's not anywhere near the same thing. It's not even close. Because those are modifications for vanity. 
Yeah. Whereas uh, even, and I don't agree with chemical contraception, but uh, it's just nowhere near the same. It's not even close to the situation. That analogy helps no one other than people like him that have this mindset and they're looking for ways, I think, to to support what they think. Like Even this guy, you know, again, we're not arguing that birth control is okay, but the motivation is not even close to the same thing. Like this guy, you know, and I know this with my wife, you know, we, my wife, we have nine kids. We're my, we both struggle. I struggle with the concept of my wife going through that again. She struggles with that. You know, it, it, you know, the, my motivation would be to protect her from something that she maybe doesn't want or is dangerous to her mm -hmm. not because i think she's imperfect or i don't like how she is and i just want her to be different for my own gratification like that's no i think there's a desire for the connection that comes with sex and not you're not looking to modify your body or whatever you know and this woman this this guy's wife probably doesn't really enjoy sex unless it's her, like yeah you want your wife to enjoy it and if she's going to be very unfulfilled because she can never be intimate when her body wants mm -hmm. to be you're losing a connection there yeah, don't 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 tell me it's some crap about he's basically telling her to get a nose job that's nonsense that's just yep. idiotic nonsense christopher west it's absolutely it's mind-blowing actually yeah like that that's the analogy he comes up with like so, it, you know yeah. i'm because it's not on the fly like you said and you said he's used to it before but like it just seems like uh you know, because if you just, if it's an argument you just come up with on the spot, you know, that's one thing, but to repeat it. And what's the alternative he's proposing? He's proposing pure abstinence, like the lack of any. Is it? Yeah. Any, any interaction with your wife, someone that you love. And it's sort of like, you know, his, his idea is like, well, the woman is so sacred that and her dignity is such that you can't abuse that through contraception or whatever, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But he's basically saying we have this really nice car and we're afraid to use it. So it's better just to leave it in the garage where no one ever enjoys or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we got this Ferrari, but yeah. it's just going to sit there. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean. We can look at it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> don't look too hard, though. So. Is it immoral to ask your wife to get a haircut then? Well, he he gets into that. Oh, he does. Oh my gosh. I mean, he doesn't think it is. Okay. But 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 I let's let's let him continue. I don't think any woman would feel loved in that way. Wendy, I know that's I'm sorry. I don't think you've asked many women. If they no, I would like to never enjoy sex. Enjoy sex. Uh and I would not want to have sex with my husband if it meant we, you know we were using birth control or something like that i mean that's I mean, it's wrong fine but that's not there's no that's... woman that's going to be like no i really like the way that i am this woman clearly doesn't yeah. <laughs> like the fact that my body is such that i don't get to enjoy that life. intimate union with your husband so and i mean that is that's that is he is tough. he is so out of touch he seems very out of touch with how people you really are actually think so well, there are ways that you have felt deeply unloved by me because 
in especially in our early relationship, I didn't know how to receive you from the hands of God in ways that caused you a lot of pain. And rightly so, it caused you a lot of pain. Uh, because that's painful stuff. I'm not loved as I am. My point here with the nose job or the boob job, does it make, is it any difference? Is there, is there any difference in saying, I'll only have sex with you if you sterilize yourself? I don't. Yeah, there is a difference, Christopher West. <laughs> like there is. About you. Or for the woman to say, I don't like this about me. I don't like the way God made me. I'm going to change. I'm going to fundamentally alter the way God made me so that I can have uh, a sexual experience other than God, other than the way God made me. And if we were thinking of, if we were, if we were considering some trifle, like, like um, cutting your fingernails, right? Ooh. You might say, well, well, God made our fingernails to grow and we cut our fingernails uh, isn't that immoral? Shouldn't we just should we just let our fingernails grow and not do anything about it? Should we just let our hair grow and not do anything about it? Okay, fingernails and letting your hair grow, changing those things about the way God made us. Uh, you cannot compare fingernails and hair growth to human fertility. What is the end? What is the natural end and purpose of the sexual act? God gave us genitals as the power to generate to participate in the eternal exchange of love found in the Trinity, which is an exchange of generation. From all eternity, the Father is generating the Son to share with the Son the love of the Holy Spirit. We have the absolute honor, the absolute privilege of imaging the Trinity when we enter into the genital act. The genital act is the kind of act designed for the generation of children. If we say, I want the pleasure of the act, but I'm going to nix the possibility that this act would generate children, I will willfully render this act sterile. And what we are saying is, I want the pleasure of an orgasm. I want the satisfaction of the pleasure that comes from this act. But I don't really want to enter into this act as God designed it. I don't really want to enter into my full identity and dignity as a person made in the image and likeness of God. I'm going to X something out of this equation. And in a very particular way, we're Xing something out of the woman because she's the one who bears the life and carries the child. That, if you understand what a woman is in her full splendor and her full dignity and her full honor and her full privilege, to render her womb sterile is anti-woman. It is against how God made woman. It is against her. It is anti woman to to change it, you can't say you love michelangelo's mona lisa if you went up to it with a razor blade and started slicing parts out of it that you didn't like you can't say i love uh, mona uh, the mona lisa and and i love uh, my brains what did i who's who did the mona lisa leonardo leonardo da vinci you can't say you love leonardo da vinci and you can't say you love the mona lisa if you're cutting pieces out of it. you can't say you love woman you can't say you honor the dignity of woman if you're Xing, not just some trifle like cutting her fingernails or trimming her hair or shaving her armpits. But we're talking we're talking about Xing out something that is essential to who God made woman to be. That's all right. I can't tolerate any more of that. Um ah. <laughs> uh just i don't know but those are really tough situations and
there just should be clarity on you know like because if you look you know we talked about this the other day but there are clauses for masturbation that make it like virtually not sinless but it's near pretty low on the totem pole as far as like you know force to have it you know there's all kinds of reasons and uh, because in that case you have the woman desiring sex during fertile periods they can't do it the man desiring sex more than they're having it and so he you know who knows maybe he is just superman and he can fight off all feelings but uh i would suspect that he's probably not yeah and if, if we just kind of extend this conversation out beyond the um birth control thing because it's i don't want to get the wrong impression here we're christopher west if they were if they were asking if they could engage in some quote-unquote illicit acts during the fertile time periods he would have the same answer maybe not the exact same way about rendering it sterile although i think he does he he equates it all to the same way but yeah i just is is it what are you gaining if in those situations let's just say the man is masturbating mm-hmm. to try and you might be too yeah what what if she is i mean we don't know because no one will talk about these things to know how common it is i know that a couple of morons <laughs> yeah no. i just i'm just telling you that if if because because as they go on he talks about how he and Wendy had a period of a year, a year, year or more abstinence in their marriage because I, I suspect it was like premenopausal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they go on to, and Wendy actually goes in and talks quite a bit about how she, she heard from a doctor who recommended to a couple, I don't think it was for intimacy type thing, but for medical reason, but it was a Catholic doctor recommended two years of complete abstinence for them. And they actually go in and their ultimate punchline to these people is given your struggles, we would recommend uh, a period of abstinence for you to recalibrate things like they're telling them to add more abstinence to their lives for a period of time. See, and I would like to know, like, seriously, what Christopher West's sex life really is, you know, like, what was that year like for him? I mean, you know, and they have abstained for longer than that what that looked like for him and i mean you know what that looked like for their relationship to be honest well i would just i can just say from personal experience that i would be at a bare minimum absolutely miserable (laughs) myself what's tough man my relationship with god my relationship with my wife and children would be significantly um impacted by that you have the repression stage you just have the buildup of tension which you know maybe it is supposed to be pure suffering yeah like that's you know that's the alternative i don't know i i i i think that we're taught that marriage is supposed to be good you know and i mean and he would say it's beautiful and he would you know wax poetic on whatever uh you know as far as marriage but the reality is if nobody's happy intimately 
there's some real tension in that house. Yeah, because I think they acknowledge that it it is a good and beautiful relationship between spouses and intimacy is not just um, a fun thing you get to do together, a pleasurable thing mm-hmm. you get to do together. It is. It's meant to unify. It is. It, it's the oil that lubricates the machine. Yep. And I'm sorry, you go, you, you drain the oil out of your engine. It may run for a little bit, but eventually it's going to lock up. Yep. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I don't know that. <clears throat> and maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know. There. I just have a hard time with just that level of suffering being a good thing and then to extend it even further. Yeah, to recommend more of it. I mean, I just... Because I get it, you know, as far as like that maybe they should abstain for a year and that's what his advice would be. And that's like the strict letter of the law interpretation. And maybe, you know, so I can see why it's hit that task for more. I mean, you're just whipping yourself at that point. I mean, there's like... I think, I think if we're going to, with a straight face float that as an idea for people like you said we either need to make sure that the teaching that's sort of backing up that is absolutely 100 percent clear and correct necessary yeah and number two that we have better warning labels on this because i just i don't think people are prepared for that um no i think that maybe if and I don't know how you can make free cana more specific as far as, you know, how much suffering there is in marriage, but, uh, you know, because maybe it would lead to more priests and religious. It's like, it's like when you close on a house and you read all these forms and they get all these notices and just termite clause. Make sure you, you know about it and you initial that. Yep. So marriage should be like a, a, a house closing where you sign all these documents, knowing, you know, acknowledging, <laughs> I don't know. And and I and I say this as someone that I, I feel like I've been blessed with a very happy marriage mm-hmm. overall, but it's been it's been challenging. Yeah. And we have not I have not gone through some of this stuff. You maybe have, can relate to some of this a little more than I can, but I just uh I, my heart hurts for these people because if I was in their position and I could just understand the good faith pain they have. To, to hear that i don't know i don't know that i would be like oh this makes sense now i i feel her <laughs> you know? it's just his response just makes me wonder if we should celebrate when people get married you know like maybe it should be more of a crying ceremony you know like a funeral yeah you know like because <laughs> i don't know just the way he talks about it it's like it does seem more of like a funeral atmosphere than uh yeah i (laughs) i don't know well again uh, and i i want to i want to emphasize this point because i think it's very important i see at least the 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 hazard here of using this concept that marriage can be a cross and and has suffering built into it no matter how good your marriage is that's true Mm mm-hmm I'm really uncomfortable with the idea that that fact means that, well, anytime people experience suffering or we're, we're telling people to do stuff that's going to be suffering for them, that it, well, it must be okay. Mm-hmm. It must be justifiable. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's 
fair. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of like telling him, you know, like if, and this isn't a perfect analogy, but it's about the same as the boob job one, you know, from him. But if you have a spouse that just spends more money than you bring in, well, you know, it's mm -hmm. just the suffering that goes along with it. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's Someone, no, there's... someone's got a drinking problem or a gambling problem, whatever. But yeah, I think this is going to come out. We, you know, we did an episode on medieval sex rules in the church. <laughs> And what was the stat? Roughly 40% of the year was off limits yep. to couples. Yep. And maybe for some of these people, that's, uh, you know, if you're supposed to abstain for a year or more, I guess that's even worse. But, you know, to have, you know, they have all these rules about when you could and couldn't do it. And you, you know, when the, you couldn't, some Pope said you shouldn't be intimate until the During child pregnancy, until after the child is weaned. So you got, you know, like a few years uh, there. And thank goodness we've not we've moved past that. <laughs> but I could have seen the the Pope saying, "Hey guys, this is how it was. Marriage has got suffering. Whatever. Yeah, this is suffering. So, <laughs> yeah. i.e., this must be okay. And yeah. you should stop belly aching about it. Like that. That I think is the the cognitive disconnect here that um, just doesn't doesn't sit well with me." Yeah, there's a difference between, you know, just enduring the suffering that does come with marriage and then celebrating what I'm not saying it's unnecessary suffering yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. But so, someone gets sick, you know, like, you know, you know, you can't predict if your spouse is going to get cancer or going to be involved mm -hmm. in a bad car accident and all these things that can happen or you you go through your house burns down, like all, you have a child that has health, like all these things that are truly outside of anyone's mm -hmm. control. Yes. Like we, you, you face those as a couple, no matter how painful it is, but this is truly like you are imposing like this, this is suffering that is only existing mm -hmm. because of these rules that we, we say are true and expect mm -hmm. people to follow. I think that I think there's a fundamental difference there between suffering that that happens and suffering that is truly there only because of what we say you can and can't do. And we're not saying that Christopher West is wrong. I we're am. Just... I think he's wrong. <laughs> no. Well, I'll say you know that. I don't know. I'm just willing to have entertain the thought that. It, might not be 100% in light of the, the section in the catechism on other, mm -hmm. you know, masturbation and, you know, the situations that mitigate culpability. Yep. I and, and, and this is a point I was going to make before this kind of reminded me, like, I, I really have no problem with him having this very, um, say high flutant view of marriage and womanhood and all that. Like I, that isn't even the problem so much. It's the idea that if you are, if you are deviating at all from this, it's a, it's a seriously objectively moral issue for you. Like I, mm -hmm. I think it's one thing to, to ascribe, to strive for that yep. and, and to do that if you can. For sure. But the idea that if you can't, like, it's just, this soul marriage ending proposition that that I struggle to see that to see that that leap. 
-hmm. based on what what real the reality of life seems to be sometimes the life that god gave us like so then those kind of answers are also the reasons that people might leave the catholic church you know and is that a good thing i kind of doubt it yeah well, I think it's a harm that we have to be aware of. Like, I, I know that the traditionalists will say, well, it doesn't matter if everyone disagrees. The truth is what the truth is. Okay. But I don't think that means we have to be oblivious to this, to the <laughs> suffering and the consequences of this, whether it's the couple stays married and is miserable or the couple stays married and he's off doing sinful acts himself or worse, they get divorced the kids grow up in a hostile environment all those things could result from this could result from this and i think i i just think i don't ever hear him talking about that Mm -hmm. uh, and confronting that and i think that's i think that's unfortunate so unless that suffering too is (laughs) just part of the package i don't know i hope Uh, not i hope not but I don't know. That, yeah, that's painful to listen to, especially, you know, for the woman and couple that asked the question. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know that this poor lady needed this theological lecturing, so to speak. <laughs> and, and I and I don't think he was being malicious or anything. No. He was trying to be sensitive, but I just, uh, I don't know. Something about that just isn't very satisfying. Yeah. So. Yeah. If they are meant to endure that sort of suffering, I would like, uh, I'd be more satisfied with a real answer, you know, as far as like a real answer instead of just like talking about, you know, it's basically a philosophical answer. I think so. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, there's your downer for the day, everyone. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, uh, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's right. Feel free to comment. No one seems particularly interested in commenting on what we say. We have had a few comments. Yeah, we appreciate it. The Orb episode got some comments. <laughs> yeah, right. The rest of you that uh, listen and lurk, please keep listening. But. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, it's hard for us to, you know, we're just trying to like work through these things in our head. And we just, we don't know if how other people feel and maybe, maybe we're off or maybe, maybe we're onto something. I don't know. But anyway, I guess that's all I have to say about that. I don't know. Dolores got the wordle in five. So it's going to be a tough word today. Oh my. So. <laughs> I saw that come through too. Yeah. So. so, all right, all right. Till next time, everyone. Yeah. Bye bye. Have a good one.